0: Hey, Podcast Nation. Thanks so much for being here and tuning back in. It's been a hot minute since we've had a couple of episodes. Our sports episode, I hope you enjoyed that. Josh and I had a lot of fun creating it. It was just one of those things that we were like, we got to do, we got to make, and we made it. And now all three of us, the whole gang's back together to talk about a podcast and mostly, oh my gosh, to talk about a movie, which we... All were really excited when someone recommended it to us. So that's it's kind of exciting to have that. Um but first before we kind of dive into what movie we're talking this week, let's just check in with the team. We got Josh, how have you been, my friend? I've been
1: excellent. You know, working working from home gets better and better every single day and I hope that I hope that we get to keep doing it a little bit more once we once a lot of this all settles down, you know. So Also, I'm just. You can't see him, but Vince just put
0: on a mask and I'm scared of what's about to happen. (laughs) Is this a 3D printed mask, Vince? Yeah, what do you think? Can you (laughs) hear me?
2: (laughs) I feel like Darth Vader when I put it on.
0: (laughs) It kind of looks like you're a combination of Bane and Darth Vader type thing, like that.
2: You're in charge.
1: I have, you are
2: you uh, I can't remember the vein lines anymore.
1: I ex- I was raised in the dark, yeah, molded by it. You nearly
2: adopted the doc. I was at my brother-in-law's yesterday, uh, and he 3D prints these masks and he was donating them. They're really cool. Um They they look sweet. Yeah, it's like 3D printed and it uses this really like it's like a regular cloth that you can kind of buy um, in the stores, but they actually like filter out germs and stuff really well. So it's been kind of cool to wear a little bit different than your regular mask. I can't decide if it's more uh cosplay appropriate or COVID-19 protection appropriate either way. It's great. <laughs> I, I love it.
0: Can you pull that up one more time just so I can look at it? Yeah, please?
2: Yeah. Mine is red for people who can't see it for, I guess the world that can't see it. Like, does it's, it seal pretty red good red. against your face? Yeah, it's got like this cool. It's got like this cool. I don't know if you guys can see it. It's basically weather stripping. Uh huh. And when you heat it up, um, you can heat it up and then put it to your face, and then it will like kind of mold to your face. So it's not perfect. I
0: haven't heated it up yet, but it actually works really well.
2: It's all like completely homemade,
0: it's pretty cool. That's super rad. Actually, I'm going to hurry and talk about 3D printing here really fast. So one of my neighbors, he's a, he's like a cinematographer, and a lot of his gigs got canceled because of COVID-19, and he created this thing called a battery mag, essentially where you can flip your... Um, your batteries like you can know which batteries are charged and whatnot and it's like oh, a really awesome. cool like battery management system and he he only had one 3d printer and he designed it and like did all of that and now he has i think three or four because he's like making and selling these and people are loving them i'm like that is so That's cool, so cool. <laughs> i want to get a 3d printer now. yeah that he comes up with
2: some crazy cool stuff um i guess one of the uh silver not not silver linings I don't know what I'm saying but one of the cool things that have come out of the kind of COVID-19 are these masks and the different like styles that have come out and it's not really fair because I go around in my little like cloth mask and I look like a a dummy walking around the store and I go around the corner and I see some of these people that have these awesome masks they're just like pulling it off like not only are they healthier but it's like a style thing you know (laughs) like it's so cool and sometimes I get jealous I'm like oh man it's like it's like watching Mad Max and getting jealous of someone else's uniform, you know? <laughs> <laughs> post-apocalyptic uniform, post-apocalyptic <laughs> uniform. Yes.
1: At least uh, you've got yours now, Vince. That's a, that's a good I'm working on statement it. With.
2: <laughs> I got, I got the mask next. I need the football, like the football pads with spikes on it or something, or, a- or maybe I just need a robotic exoskeleton like this movie yeah
0: (laughs) bring it back around (laughs) (laughs) well i was gonna ask like have you been watching anything good either of you that you're like this is something people should check out during this time or just something that really like helps you chill relax and feel at peace like like what have you been distracting yourself with during COVID 19 what have you been watching
1: i've been i finished up a few weeks ago i finished up community again which was great um And then since they put it on Netflix, I was watching it on there. And then as you all know, I watched Money Heist and I will continue to plug that until the day I die because it is amazing and you need to check it out. And then since Money Heist sort of opened that door to me to good foreign language series on Netflix, I started watching one called Dark, which is some people describe it as like a a German stranger thing sort of. And I'm not very far in. I'm only like three or four episodes. I'm only like three or four episodes in, but it's pretty good. It's kind of like a little like darker than Stranger Things, not as much like kid focused, but it's really good. And I'm digging. I tried.
2: I tried to watch it at one point, but the uh, subtitles or the voiceover stuff just drove drove me crazy, and so I never got through the first episode
1: and see and that's that's what was usually the problem for me but now that i've gotten like more used to it where i've been watching like parasite you know i will watch with the subtitles and and this when it's when it's a series as much as i would like to watch it with the subtitles i can't do it for that long so even though it obviously bothers me i i watch it with the dubbed version you know and so while it's definitely harder I just feel like there's so much you know, more that's out there that it's like, if I could push through this, there's so much great cinema, right? Because that's what literally like everyone else in the world has to do for a lot of the mainstream media that comes from the United States and Europe that's all in English and stuff. So,
2: Well, I'm you're appreciate- going to make Trevor very, very happy. Trevor, who was on our Blade Runner episode, he, he's been plugging that for a long, long time. Dark? Dark?
1: Yeah. Yeah. oh okay well i'll Ooh, tell him i know it. and now that we're on the subject of trevor it was trevor by the way that did recommend today's oh. movie for us so oh. thank you trevor
0: yeah thank Ten you points 10 points trevor thank you vince what about you what have you been watching
2: um so just plug i have to say i just started book three of the uh dark crystal novelizations um so check out the dark crystal it's called, <laughs> book three is called tides of the dark crystal book one and two it's it's kind of a companion the novels are a companionship to the story it'll fill in some of the side what's going on with some of the side characters in the tv series
0: hold on Here i'm excited there. about this hold on for a second hear me out i'm voting right now that we do dark crystal next <laughs> Please. I'm serious. We have time. <laughs> like we, we. I like my commute is about twelve feet total, so I have no excuse that I don't have time right now. So, oh, Josh, yeah, mine's, what
2: mine's even less than that. I literally, you can see in my screen. There's my bed right behind me. So, my commute to work is crawling out of bed and sitting into my chair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> mine, mine depends on the day. There are days where I, I get out of bed and I come out into the living room and have it set up on my, my, my table out here. And there are days where I know I'm going to be tired the next day, so I plug in my computer next to my bed and I just wake up and put the computer on my lap and start <laughs> working from there. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll discuss um,
2: that, but you know, I am not opposed to the idea. Which,
1: which. <laughs> Dark Crystal, the Netflix series, or the original movie? Are we talking the original, I think, right?
0: I think the original movie is what we need to do. Like, this is really what sparked Vince's love and interest in the Dark Crystal, right? And so that's why we need to talk about it. Like, we've been giving Vince <laughs> hard enough time Plus, for this. Long. We should really sit down and have a conversation about <laughs> it and say, "Okay, this is really how we felt about it." That'd be like Muppets that are darker than normal Muppets. I don't know.
2: All right, well I'll I'll contact Michael then cuz if we're doing that, he he'll have my back on it. He's a newcomer to the series and watched the original <laughs> and loved the original, so I need someone to have my back. <laughs> so, but really what I was going to say, that was just a stupid plug, but um I binged the TV show Dave on Hulu. Have you guys heard of that one yet?
1: The one about little dickies, dickies, right?
2: Yeah i had never heard of little dicky before um but i'm currently living in my buddy's uh basement apartment right now and he was just like telling me everything about him told me to watch the show i watched the first episode and then that next day during work i listened to his entire album like i listened to podcasts that he was doing interviews binged his entire series there's only one season right now on hulu but it's only like 10 episodes long I loved it. And I have learned so much about this man who I never knew existed until about three weeks ago, <laughs> who has been around since like 2014. And I just had no idea. Got a start on YouTube and then continued to f- uh, fund his album through like Kickstarter. And now he's just like doing like he's a great rapper and he's a great comedian and he's got his start in marketing and now his tv show is so good and i recommend it to everybody that i see lately like it's funny it's it's crude so heads up on that but it's funny and it's touching in moments and it's just a really really well done show i was really impressed with it dude i I heard
0: it just got renewed as well like for a second season i saw that he posted about it so
1: it better have (laughs) i knew nothing about lil dicky i mean i was gone out of the country like when he first became a thing but then when i came back with some of my drumline buddies they would always quote his song pillow talk the one yeah i am not kidding that song is 10 minutes long and i'm not kidding because of how much we listen to that and a lot of the other album i know as well i can literally quote all of (laughs) pillow talk like that's how much we listen to it (laughs) and that's like it's it's hilarious but at the same time you listen to his rhythm his rhymes and just what he's saying as well and you're like dude this dude's a rapper he's rapping about silly stuff but he's also a freaking genius like Mm -hmm. This guy's amazing. So I definitely need to check that out. And I've been seeing ads for it everywhere. The other one that I've been seeing ads for that I watched that I also wanted to plug really quick because I don't know if I mentioned it before was Upload. Upload on Prime Video from Greg Daniels. Again, it's also only the first season right now. Very interesting take on the afterlife and very hilarious. Check it out. I've
2: heard multiple people mention that show lately. I'll check it out too.
0: Casey,
1: what
2: about you?
0: I finally made it to episode 100 of Dragon Ball Z.
2: Oh. <laughs> good, good good for you. <laughs>
1: it's just like, listen, it, is that a good thing?
0: <laughs> no, no, listen. I told my wife about this the other day, but Dragon Ball Z, like, when I was like, I think it was like 11 to 13, was like on at 3 30 every afternoon like Monday through Friday when I got home from school and I used to watch it with me and some of my buddies and I loved it and I, I think I watched it straight for like three years every day like I followed the series and I'm now pretty much to the point where I dropped off of it and so I'm kind of like I feel fulfilled in having watched these 100 episodes and it just reminded me of how great my childhood was that was like <laughs> the big extent of it like it was fun like there were some things where I was like man, this is a really cheesy show at times. But at the same time, it was also kind of cool. Um, and then I'm rewatching Mad Men to get done before they take it off Netflix because I would be very sad if I didn't watch it just one more time under my mm-hmm. subscription belt.
2: Does How does Allie feel about all this dragon ball because literally all i i mean i know a little bit about dragon ball but really all i know is a lot of screaming and just like superpowers and just like i don't know you know and so is Allie like relieved that she doesn't have to hear anime screaming anymore
0: well like i i don't know i i kind of like just listen to it slash watch it while i'm working right now like I do it that way instead of like doing it like where she can hear, but sometimes she um, comes back and I can tell like, I'm like super hyped up about this like anime, like <laughs> from the mid nineties. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, this is amazing. And I'm just like, like getting excited. I can tell she's probably like, dude, take a chill pill. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I kind of told her, I was like, I'm about finished the other day. And she's like, I'm happy for you. And so I was like, hopefully that was a sincere happiness and not more like, Super pumped for you to be off this stupid anime (laughs) that you're on. But I was thinking also there's another anime series that I watched around the same time called Gundam Wing. I'm like, I could rewatch that, too. (laughs) I don't know.
2: So this movie was actually based on a speaking of anime and manga. This movie is actually based on a manga, which I had no idea until starting to do the research on the show.
0: I was actually going to bring it up because that was, like, the most fascinating thing about it. I was like, wait, really? This is based off of, like, manga? I was like, huh, that could be kind of cool to, like, look into. But I have never read manga. So, I, alas, I can't say I'm interested in reading
2: it. I haven't either. But between this and uh, our Alita episode, I'm kind of, like, intrigued, you know? Like, I want to see where all these inspirations come from and give it, maybe give it a try. I don't know. It could be fun to like download it on, I don't know if it's on like the Comicsology app or something. If I could find an issue or two for a couple of bucks, it'd be fun to, to read and kind of check out the differences between the novelization and the, the actual film that we ended up with. Cause I don't know how much like you guys went into the making of this film, but on the iTunes uh, movie, that I purchased the special features they had a 40 minute making of Mm -hmm. where they kind of talked a lot about the script of this movie and how it was far from completed when they started filming. And did you guys see any of this stuff? It's, Uh -uh. it's fascinating.
0: I only watched the, like the deleted scenes or the extra scenes part Uh of it. Um, but I, I'm actually curious, so I'm really excited. Nobody actually knows what movie this is yet. We've kind of just hinted about this oh. movie. Um, but Vince, tell, tell us, what are we watching today?
2: We're watching what are we talking All to? I oh. Need is Kill. I mean, Edge of Tomorrow. I mean, uh, <laughs> Live, Die, Repeat. The other one? Lived I repeat.
0: <laughs> Whatever this was actually marketed as. I just thought it was Edge of Tomorrow. And then when I got on to like watch, I was like, Live, Die, Repeat? What is this? I thought it was just a marketing promotion and the world is confusing
2: well that's that's what i thought too because i i saw this in theater um and it was known as edge of tomorrow and so when it came out and everyone started saying live die repeat and it's all over their like dvds and everything it got really confusing but in imdb i found uh in their trivia they actually have an explanation for it
0: Uh uh-huh
2: um they say that after the film's box office failure in the U.S., its marketing strategy was changed slightly for its DVD release. In this case, on the front of the video box, the film's tagline was emphasized heavily with the title Edge of Tomorrow in small text at the very bottom of the case. As a result of this packaging, it gives the illusion that the film's title is Live, Die, Repeat. Warner Bros. However, Warner Bros. maintained that the title of the film had not been changed and that Live, Die, Repeat was only a tagline. Um, Again, this appears, the, the term Live, Die, Repeat appears on the front of Edge of Tomorrow, not just on the cover, but on the spine of the packaging and even on the discs themselves. Also, the rental company Redbox has the film listed under the L in the kiosk, and all, and all online retailers have digital streaming versions titled Live, Die, live, Repeat, colon, Edge of Tomorrow. So it sounds like it was a marketing failure and they decided to rebrand but they it kind of sounds like what happened with the Harley Quinn movie in a way. Yeah. Uh, Where's like Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of one, one Harley Quinn or whatever and they're like, well no one could find the movie, so let's let's pivot a little bit and just say Harley Quinn, but it's still technically called this. That yeah. oh, was interesting.
0: I feel like that just seems like a maybe a failure to have researched and found your niche audience i don't know that could just be me because i feel like when they have to redo that it kind of takes away from the hype you build for the original movie and the original title also, is built under right
2: it's also confusing because you know like you go look for a specific movie and all of a sudden it's completely
1: titled different yeah
0: i Whatever. don't like that
2: <laughs> what do you guys think of the name all you need is kill
1: well, wasn't that the name of like the original the manga, sort of right? Anime, manga, yeah. yeah. right? Uh, I think it's interesting. Like, I don't know if it would have really drawn a lot of people in. Like, but who knows? Maybe Edge of Tomorrow didn't either. All you need is kill. It's like all you need is love, but it's kill. I don't know if it represents the movie very well, but it'd be interesting <laughs> enough to probably get some people. But you know. You know, yeah, yeah,
2: like when when yeah. I heard the title, I was like, "That's kind of weird," but I want to know what that is. Exactly. And I never, I never thought that with Edge of Tomorrow.
1: Yeah, yeah and I li- think Live, Die, Repeat also is something that would be interesting. It would draw me in. Edge of mm-hmm. Tomorrow, you're literally just like, I have no clue what this is about or what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm
0: yeah same i just like i remember like seeing the idea of it and watching a little bit and being like this is kind of rad um and knowing that tom cruise was in it like i'm a sucker for pretty much anything tom cruise does because that guy is just a maniac to watch he does all his own stunts most mostly for the most part and he just does a lot of like He's just like people for some reason like to watch him do stuff. I don't know if it's because he looks like he could be everyone's Uncle Sal. I don't know. Uncle Tom. (laughs) I don't know. But he just kind of like he looks the part of, okay, like this guy's familiar. He looks friendly. He he looks like in ways he he doesn't look like this amazing superhuman. He just looks like a regular guy who does amazing things. I think that makes him very relatable in my opinion.
2: Mm -hmm. But somehow he is superhuman. The dude is fifty years old. And look at the stuff he's I mean, he's probably older than that now. I hang on, I gotta do a Google search. I gotta see how old Tom Cruise <laughs> is. Because again, in that in that um, making 57. of that I listened to, 57 now. Holy cow. What? Yeah. And look at him. Like he looks like he's 40. And he the looks dude's like he's in better fr- shape than most
1: people. He looks like he filmed Top Gun like five, six years ago or something, you know. <laughs>
2: yeah um in that documentary like i was saying there was a part where they talked about how you know there's the scene where they're doing like the the pt training where they're running um, down the street and everything so they had to redo that shot over and over and over again to get it right and the the director said that basically tom cruise set the pace for filming in this in this movie he was so he's such a hard worker and appreciative of appreciative of you know his quote-unquote stardom or whatever or his opportunity to be an actor that uh he told the director like i'll do whatever you need to make a good movie if you want me to come in and film seven days a week i will be there if you want me to do this i will be there and he said he's trying to set the pace of the movie by in moments like this where they're doing those pt drills they would have to run all the way down set to the other side of set you know it would take them." while to shoot the thing and then what would normally take five more minutes to get everybody back into position one and restart the shoot again. Uh it would normally take them like five minutes, but Tom Cruise basically got to the end of the thing and he told everybody, I'm 50 years old. See if you can keep up with me. And so they would they would do the PT training down to the end of the set and then Tom Cruise would sprint. And then everybody else, all the other actors wanted to be like, you know, the competition of it all to see if they could beat Tom to the other end. And so the (laughs) director's like, what normally would have took five or 10 minutes between each shot ended up taking 30 seconds because Tom Cruise just kept pushing people and pushing people at 50 years old. Like, ah, the man blows my mind. He's a crazy person, but man, does it like, like I respect him so much. (laughs) Yeah. I
0: don't know. Josh, (laughs) what did you think about this film? Like overall, like how did you feel about it? Like with what you knew of it or what you'd seen of it before and like being able to revisit it, how did, how was it for you?
1: So really quick, sticking with Tom Cruise for a little bit. I was, both me and also a lot of people with what I read were mostly impressed with, hey, this is Tom Cruise reinstating, reaffirming with everyone, just in case you forgot that he can carry and be a big part and make a really good action movie. Like, you get Tom Cruise to do your action movie it's almost a guarantee that it'll be a success you know and so he sort of like was reaffirming restating that with this which is a, a big thing i love this movie this movie was great it has great it's kind of sad that it was a box office flop because not only did it have great critical reception it had great audience reception it's at 90 percent on both critic and audience score on rotten tomatoes like it's it's all around great i definitely have like a decent amount of nitpicks for the film like that i trust me like there's a lot of stuff but even with me getting all of those nitpicks like throughout the movie as i was writing them down after i finished watching the movie i was like that was great like that was awesome like i want (laughs) to want to do it again so i don't know like that's a good movie where even though it can have all the stuff that's wrong with it just leave you feeling awesome after you walk away from it
0: agreed i agree I don't know anything else before we kind of like dive in. Do you guys have any kind of like other thoughts about this or
2: I do have to say, I am surprised again, um, looking into like the, the making of this movie and how there was no finished script when they were making it. Uh Like they were literally finishing the third act of the movie while they were shooting act one. You know, they did not have anything on paper. A lot of the dialogue was made in the moment and, uh, The director says that he is so lucky with the cast that he got on this movie because some of the characters didn't have any, like they had names, but they didn't have personalities. And so he had to lean heavily on the actors to create these characters for the film who all turned out really, really well. Like there's only three characters, three or four characters that were actually pulled from the manga, which was Cage, Rita. um, I think Farrell, Sergeant Farrell was one of them. And I can't remember the other guy, but then that was it. You know, and and the characters in the movie are vastly different from the characters in the manga, you know. So they were like literally coming up with ideas while shooting this movie and like watching the documentary and listening to them talk to talk about it, I don't know how this movie came out so well. Like because like you said, this is a movie about repeating the same thing over and over and over. And without a script like to, you know, set that pacing or set that you know, scene to scene, the flow to it all or or messing things up, you know, this movie came out great and it's entertaining and it's it's not boring and it doesn't feel repetitive and it doesn't waste time repeating the same thing. You know, it, it does the same day. Tw- I mean, it does the same day over and over again, but like he only experiences the same thing, like really the same thing uh i guess like a long version of it like one time so that you get the idea of oh he's he's doing the same day the same day over and over and then it would just like skip the amount of you know like skip like from day the second experience to like the 50th experience or the 75th experience it never like says which experience this was which which loop he was in you know which was awesome and and Yeah, just like shout out to the directors, to the writers, to the people who had to keep track of all the changes to the script. And it's impressive. It's an impressive feat in filmmaking, kind of guerrilla filmmaking, you know.
1: Which is, (laughs) it's amazing that it did that for us because I thought the exact same thing that, hey, they did a really good job about balancing this Groundhog Day effect where he repeats the same day but not making it feel so repetitive to us being repetitive in that it's cool and we see that he learns the different things but not okay like let's watch all of this stuff again and see how he reacts to it again another time but at the same time if you think about it for tom cruise like us watching it we see how he made like the changes little by little as he would go through but could you imagine him not only did he have to like live the same dude, he had to live like basically 24 hours before he even got to the battle every single time to make like one adjustment do you know how That'd annoying be, that would get eventually
2: that sounds oh. like a living hell <laughs> <laughs> you have to be forced to do that over and over and over i mean we they explore that idea in groundhog's day right with how maddening it can be and 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 Bill Murray's character just like getting to the point where he's just like I just want to kill myself. I don't want to do this ever again. Like I can't imagine how I mean I've played video games and I you know that's this is the whole idea of this movie is like getting getting good at a video game and doing the same thing over and over and over again until you can perfect it, right? I can't do that. Once I <laughs> if like I can push myself to a point, but once I like realize that I'm not good, I'm not going to waste any more time to try to get this absolutely perfect and that's in a video game can you imagine that being your life trying to get one day perfect over and over and over again i don't know it's crazy
0: Uh, i don't even play video games and uh, (laughs) so it's like i like lose like i like to cook right which in, in essence you're like when you're trying to perfect certain things like you do them on repeat until you get them right try eggs benedict try poaching an egg like stuff like that that you're like i gotta get this right but i can't imagine like after watching this this film and just seeing how like there were times where he was like nope 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 stop nope enough and every time he's just like jolted into that reality and that new moment and it's like that would suck so bad i would have given up a long time before he did i would have just like because at one point in this he actually like desserts right like he just bails and like and we don't know if he did that very often but like it shows him just kind of like being like screw it not doing it i'm running away and he gets to a, like a bar and then he just like goes out and he's like oh well still i'm dead doesn't matter and mm-hmm. it's kind of like that would, that kind of sucks
2: i don't know and how crappy is that that not only do you have to repeat this day over and over and over again but you literally have to die over and over and over again and feel like i assume he feels pain In this whole thing, I mean, at least the moments where he's like breaking his leg or or his back or whatever, you know, he's feeling the pain of dying over and over and over again. I know it doesn't focus on it in the movie, but it's just like this man is in a living hell, a (laughs) loop of just the worst circumstance.
0: (laughs) Do you think he would start to grow kind of numb to it though at the same time?
2: Or I don't know. And I also had the thought of how lucky is it that he stayed in shape? Before he got stuck in the loop, because could you imagine if this was like that Kimmel character who got the blood on him? That guy could barely keep up in PT, you know. Let alone he—he he would have to. It would be tough. I don't know. Maybe those suits help. <laughs> oh. Sorry, we can get into the.
1: We should. <laughs> we should probably throw out the official spoilers warning. We've already done a couple here and there, but. <laughs> official
0: spoilers.
1: Well, Spoilers ahead. I,
0: <laughs>
2: I've got the kind of movie information too that we haven't gone over yet too if you want to go over that.
0: Yeah, pull Put that up, on, uh, Vince.
2: Okay, so real quick, this movie is directed by Doug Lyman, written by Christopher Marquise, Jez Butterworth, John and John Henry Butterworth. It's based on the man- manga All You Need Is Kill. Um, it was released June 6, 2014, and the movie actually takes place in 2020. So coincidence
1: <laughs> how do you know
2: that yeah imdb it was listed oh. on imdb yeah, okay because
1: i knew that like when it was doing those those things at the beginning maybe a date flashed by but it was just like it just said london you know it didn't say anything yeah. else so I was wondering what it is. so i guess that's what our, our summer is gonna look like guys
2: yeah Whew. just a matter of time till those mimics show up
0: stoked <laughs> gotta find the omega or whatever yeah.
1: At
2: this point, I wouldn't be surprised the way 2020 is going. (laughs) Um, The budget for the movie, it was $178 million. And according to IMDB, IMDB, it grossed around $370 million. So they say it was a flop, but it it made double its money back. I mean, you think Uh, like
1: for a Tom Cruise action movie, you think it's going to make more than that, which is probably why it was a flop
0: per se, you know? Yeah, yeah. Does That's Tom true. Cruise have billion-dollar movies?
2: I don't know. That's a good question.
0: I'm gonna have to look, look it at. up.
2: I would, I would get, I, I would guess Mission Impossible, but I don't know.
1: Uh, maybe not billion, but at least like the high millions, you know? Yeah.
2: Because
1: there's like forty something movies that have crossed the billion-dollar threshold. Only that many, so.
2: Well, while you look that up, Casey, I'll go through. We already talked about this a little bit, but the Rotten Tomatoes score is uh, both critics and audiences gave it 90%. IMDb gave it a 7.9. And I do have some casting considerations that I found.
0: Yes. Did you find that information, Casey? Did he ever I'm make still loading point? it up right here.
2: So um, first off, I got to shout out the Game of Thrones cameos in this movie. Did you guys catch them?
0: There's two Game so.
2: of Thrones characters in this. Uh, I just finished rewatching the Game of Thrones theories series like a month ago, so all these guys are still pretty fresh on my mind. Who is um, it? So the first one is the actor's name is Noah Taylor. He plays Dr. Carter in the movie, the, the crazy engineer guy who gets demoted to a mechanic. Yeah. That that's the dude who cuts off Jamie Lannister's hand. Um ah. I can't remember his name in the show but he's that's a Tully. He is. is he a Tolly yeah pretty sure no. uh i think he's with the uh the torturer guys whatever ramsay's the boltons i think he's the with bolton. the bolton family uh, i don't know i don't know his last name but he's a part of the bolton house anyway and then the second one the guy who plays kimmel um his name is tony way he came on stage on 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 the show and i was just like this guy looks so familiar why can i not place him you guys remember who he is on game of thrones he doesn't have a big role
1: the second you said it he like looks familiar now even though it wasn't when i watched the movie Mm -hmm. i don't know
2: he plays the drunk guy who joffrey uh he shows up drunk to the tournament and joffrey tries to kill him and sansa convinces him not to and then he's the one who saves sansa by taking her to the boat or whatever. Right. Do you remember do you remember that? The like drunk I, guy actually, who she saves. Yeah. Yep. So yes. Wow. Uh, sorry people if uh, you haven't watched Game of Thrones, but there's a bunch of spoilers <laughs> for you.
0: <laughs> so it doesn't look like I can find any of Tom Cruise's movies where they were billion dollar films, but his movies, like him as a leading actor, is like over three billion, um, is what those films have made. So that's kind of cool. Okay.
2: Cool. Okay, so casting considerations. Um, There was only one person that I found for being considered for Rita. Um, Uh Tom Cruise actually recommended Emily Blunt for the role, and so she, of course, got it. But uh, the lady's name is Berenice Bejo, I think is how you say her name. Um, I hadn't heard of her before, but she was in The Artist, The Pass, A Knight's Tale, um, and a bunch of other things that I've never heard of before so not a big oh my gosh there but do you guys want to take a couple of guesses on casting considerations for cage tom cruise's character or or somebody who you guys think would have been a good fit for that role nicholas cage
1: (laughs) just because not really just because his name is cage (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i'm just thinking other like big like hollywood actors you know like Mm -hmm um i think tom hardy would be good
2: oh he would have been good tom hardy would be good in anything <laughs> ryan gosling oh you nailed it ryan gosling is one of the yes. considerations wait really oh. yeah that he was considered as for cage and there was one other one one other one can you guess who he is matthew McConaughey. Nice call, Josh. Thank no you. not matthew McConaughey. oh uh, the other consideration was brad pitt
1: so they really did want a big name, dude.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, all right,
0: all right. Brad Pitt would have been great. <laughs> it's not even his line. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. What a good time. Um I would have loved this actually with Ryan Gosling, to be super honest with you. Like I love Tom Cruise. I just after seeing Ryan Gosling as as Kay and um Blade runner. blade runner i think that like kind of solidifies his place like even more so in like a quality
1: quality like, dystopian action film yeah that's
0: a great way to put it that's what i want
2: just like emily blunt has just like cemented her place in time travel sci-fi movies she is in looper which is a time travel sci-fi movie she's Do in I edge Love of it? tomorrow of course she is in Looper. I forgot. You know, she's the mom of the kid. I can't remember the kid's name. Oh, yeah.
1: Name. My bad. I was like, what? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then there was a third movie that she was in that's a time travel sci-fi movie. Hang on, I'm pulling it up right now because I can't think of the name off the top of my head. The Adjustment Bureau, which I never saw.
0: Oh, man. I wanted to watch that one actually way bad, and I just never got to it. Yeah, like... that's how I was That one I've actually heard really good things about. Now I gotta look it up, but I'm gonna put that on my list to watch here.
2: Anyway, Emily Blunt is incredible, and she should be in every sci-fi time travel movie they ever make from here on
1: out.
2: (laughs) When um... is she gonna get in my favorite time travel time try time travel sci-fi movie Terminator?
1: Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I rewatched Dark
2: Fate the other day, guys. It's not as good as I remember it being in the theater. Don't tell Michael.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They'll roast, yeah. Um, I will just say, on the the Emily Blunt wave, I am counting down the days until September 4th, 2020, which is the new release date for A Quiet Place 2.
2: Oh, cool. They, They put a date on it
1: yeah i was so sad when they when they, it had to be postponed obviously it, it it had to be but i was just so sad and so now it's it's like three and a half four months away and i'm just counting down the days to see her and silly and murphy and that so
0: i vote that we talk about a quiet place before it's released because that one's actually like that one's a movie that really gets you so yeah no i can i'll go that. off that.
2: i haven't seen it in theater
1: you guys yeah. remember, that was my, my number one movie of 2018 when we did our best movies of the decade. So, yeah. I would
2: like to watch it without the little girls snickering next to me like it was in the theater. So.
0: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, since we've passed the threshold of the point of no return... What are your thoughts on this film? What do you guys think? Like, what what is something you really want to bring up about this? Like, Josh, you said you had some nitpicks with it. Let's start off with these nitpicks.
1: Oof, starting off with nitpicks. Like I said, I had a lot of nitpicks for it. And a lot of it was honestly just, even though it ended up being sort of like a fresh, good action movie, so much of this movie was just classic action movie tropes and like, normal regular stuff that you find in like every single action movie ever and I was like why are we doing this number one (laughs) the aliens that are invading earth are a hive mind and you can destroy it by destroying one thing that controls all of them I hate that it's not that I hate (laughs) it but it's like it's the same in like every single movie these aliens are unstoppable but if you get to the one thing that controls all of them you can dismantle all of them at once and it's just like okay i'm not gonna lie that one was actually pretty bad but i'm gonna rephrase and say my least favorite thing of the whole movie actually was the end the nitpicks with there not really being any any real risk or emotional like consequences in this movie it's it's, it's kind of like the Avengers a lot of times where it's like someone will die but then they'll find a way to like bring them back right away so they put you through that like emotional whatever for the sake of the movie but then it's like just kidding we found a way to get them back it's like okay these emotional risks are stupid and pointless if there's not actual risk like if they're gonna go through these things and die for each other just to be like well somehow the blood was able to put him back a few days even though the thing is dead now like it's dumb it's stupid yeah just let the people die like you're not making a follow-up movie you don't need any of that it's better and they did their part to save the world and they're dead cool
2: I agree with that I it bothered me too and I was trying to figure out like justify why it would send him back to that moment in time specifically you know like okay the blood dripped on him from the, the hive mind he got the time travel ability again did he travel back to that moment in time because that's where he he just really wanted to go and somehow he was able to control it and sent back to the beginning of the day or was that the day that kept on repeating and so somehow some sci-fi bigger than our understanding world would restart the day from 6 a.m or something like how does how does this whole structure work it made no sense and it kind of They put it in there to give the movie hope and a happy ending or whatever. But I'm with you, Josh. Sometimes movies don't need this hope and a happy ending. The happy ending is we beat the aliens and we won. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's like you really think, because literally what happened? This alien race is just completely demolishing the human race for five years. And then suddenly, because this guy got alien blood on him and they were able to make a plan and do it, they were able to not just avoid like a ginormous massacre, but because of him going back in time, not a single person died from this whole thing mm-hmm. that happened with him going to the future. So not only was it like, Oh yeah, like they saved the world. No one died from that final. And it doesn't, people we're supposed to.
2: And it doesn't make sense either. Like if the day got started over, then
1: shouldn't, the monsters be back to life again like it doesn't well because you see them watching the news on that day where he wakes up on the helicopter and there was like there was this big surge of energy and all of a sudden all of them are deactivated and they're not moving and we're taking over europe again but you're like but that happened in the future like that happened like a few days from now how that happened a few days from now and then they reset to now but it anyway so that was well here's
0: here's lives. my thoughts on that moment right there is what if that the aliens just kind of like stopped because they knew someone could find them and defeat them that there was a way they could be defeated like i don't know like that's kind of my thought on it i i don't know maybe <laughs> I,
2: I can't <laughs> explain it and this is my problem <laughs>
1: um I'll only throw a couple little other ones in there because there is literally hundreds of things that if you go, there's this website that I recently discovered that I love, but it can also ruin a lot of stuff for me because it shows how, like, not unique a lot of things are. It's called TV Tropes. It's a website and if you go, you can look at either like a specific trope or thing that happens in movies, or you can look at a movie and the tropes it use. This one literally has hundreds and hundreds of bullet points of like classic things that it does in the movie. So there's that. For me, These this supposed suit that they had created that was supposed to be an advancement so that they could like stop these the mimics was, it was bullcrap these like (laughs) like it was it was kind of like a cool looking exoskeleton but everybody in them was literally so clunky and they were moving at like two miles an hour and the only real like positives to it were them being able to have like the one the guns on each of their arms and kind of those mechanical movements like they're so clunky how are these actually an upgrade for me just like carrying two heavy guns like like i get it but at the same time i was like there was there was no real armor these mimics would destroy it instantly i don't know all
2: right i I gotta i gotta push back a little bit on that one because i understand what you're saying but i loved the suits i freaking loved the suits it reminds me of Alien 2. No, it's, it, I, it's Alien 1 or Alien 2, Casey. I can't remember. The exoskeleton that Ripley uses to fight the alien, the yellow two. one. It's 2, two right? Yeah. It reminds me of that. And there there actually are a lot of like, homages to those past 80s action movies like Terminator and Alien in this movie. Um, For example, the gunfire, the noise that the guns... Make is the same gun from Alien Two, or the same noise from Alien Two. Little things like that that like switch that flip that switch in my brain, that nostalgia switch. I'm just like, I freaking love this, you know. (laughs) And and the whole idea between the suits, I agree. We don't really get to see a lot of it, but the whole idea of the suits is like these mimics are so fast and they can do all these things, and so the suits are supposed to give them like extra strength and extra speed and extra whatever, you know. (laughs) But
1: I would agree with the extra strength, extra speed. It was like their speed decreased by like 70% by putting... Until on. they didn't.
2: It was weird. It was like when they were walking, it was like clunky and heavy and like hard to move. And then all of a sudden Tom Cruise would be like sprinting, doing his Tom Cruise sprint and oh, just yeah. like flying across Running. the battlefield. Running
1: <laughs> like kind of sideways on that circle, shooting the the mimic that was supposed to get those people in that crater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So.
2: Um, But I have to defend it because the reason it feels so like heavy and clunky is, and this is again in that documentary, the 40 minute documentary about the making of, they were actually made and they were big and heavy and clunky. The suits all weighed about 85 to 90 pounds a piece and they were doing all these action scenes, jumping around, being thrown around in these 90 pound suits Like, there's a really funny quote from uh, Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise, a little funny back and forth that I found on IMDb. Um, Let's see. He says, uh, Emily Blunt admitted, they say Emily Blunt admitted that after putting on the metal suit, she started crying because it was so heavy, it weighed 85 pounds, and that she would be required to perform action scenes in it for five months. She was jokingly told by Tom Cruise, stop being such a wuss. (laughs)
1: Mm-hmm. Well, so can you like, imagine that's probably like 60 70 of her body weight like right there just as like yeah hey, it's oh my goodness and
2: this is her first go on an action movie according to all this research like this is her first action movie she ever did so she got in shape and everything but then like to get in shape and then be expected to do all that stuff with an extra body on top of you you know like that's got to be tough <laughs> But I I know it's and I, I I agree with what you're saying. It feels clunky and slow, but also it makes it feel more realistic to me. And that's what the director Doug, um, um whatever his name is, old Dougie boy, like, <laughs> <laughs> Doug Lyman. like that's what he was going for. You see he like he talks a lot in the documentary about how in his movies he loves realism and he loves actually building sets and he loves actually making these devices instead of relying on CGI because he says it makes. He believes it makes for a better, more realistic movie, which I 100% agree with him on. I am right there with him on everything he says with that kind of stuff. You guys know this from like my Terminator episodes and my Dark Knight episode. Like, like CGI is cool, but nothing beats practical effects. And the suits are heavy and clunky, and you can tell when, especially when like Tom Cruise is walking around in it for the first time in the movie. He's like kind of hunched over, and it looks like he's really having a hard time, which would make sense because it's his first time in the suit, but i don't know it's worth it to me for that realism i i
1: love the suits i love the nostalgia of it all i love the 80s sci-fi feel to it it's just great and i i definitely respect that that part of it as well and i'll stick with one final nitpick just so i don't go too far into it was i get that it's like tom cruise but like was tom cruise's hair really so important that he would have taken off his helmet during battle i know that later (laughs) on he explains like it's just a distraction and it's like okay i get if you've like lived the same day over you you're not really like battling you're just more using your mind being like oh duck now move this move that way but on the very first time that he went into battle like he fell down and he just like takes off his helmet I'm like, why would you do that? Like, was Tom Cruise's hair so important that they're like, hey, he needs to take off his helmet now. Why would he do that? Dude, I, We need Tom Cruise's hair in this.
2: Now. You can't hide that pretty face. It's the
0: money maker. <laughs> Uh, anyway, he makes so a comment about of, of, it too they're I mean, like oh what about your helmet never need one never use one or whatever he like you know yeah he says yeah he says
1: it's a distraction and that's what i said like later on i can understand because you're more playing it by what you remember rather than just going into battle but like the very first time that you're doing this battle he's just like i don't need this you're like, what are you yeah. doing <laughs> so, you're like hey Tommy boy <laughs>
2: Um, I have to mention uh, the sword that she uses in the movie is freaking badass, and I absolutely love it. And that was pulled from the manga, but they also have a practical um, reason for it. Um, Apparently in the manga, when Rita was doing the Battle of Verdan and trying to get that right over and over and over again... Uh, she kept on running out of bullets, or the suit would run out of batteries, or that kind of stuff. And so the sword was a more practical, practical killing thing, uh, killing device because a sword never, she says something like, a sword will never lock up, a sword will never have problems, a sword will never run out of bullets. And so that's why she, in her um, loop, her timeline loop that she had to do over and over again, the way that she achieved it was kind of abandoning these. Modern technologies and going back to the basics and using that freaking awesome sword.
0: That sword was so tight. I loved the sword. I thought that that brought in kind of just like a, just a more like warrior feel to it, right? Like just kind of like it's a mixture of the classic. Like you're kind of saying why she used it. So I just I love that the sword was so badass to me. Like that Death Squad or whatever they call them. They were they were tight. Mm-hmm.
2: Also, I like Rita's my favorite part of this movie. Um, Tom Cruise is great. Tom Cruise is cool, but like Rita's, Rita's the best. And I would love a prequel showing the Battle of Verdun. You know, seeing what she was capable of when she had the loop because she is the better soldier. Like she's the one who taught, taught teaches Cage everything he knows. You know, and and uh, her her nicknames are freaking awesome. You know what was it? The like the Full Metal <laughs> Bitch and. Um, <laughs> What was the other one? The the hero. Yeah, that's what it is. The angel of Verdan. Like, Rita's so cool. I love her.
0: She's a baller. I loved her parts. Do you guys have any
1: any nitpicks before we we move forward and maybe talk about? Because nitpicks, like I said, definitely have a lot of, but then even after all these nitpicks, Nitpicks. I was like, this movie's freaking awesome. So we could get the nitpicks out of the way now, and then be why was this movie so freaking awesome?
0: I'm not gonna lie to you. I do not have any nitpicks of this movie because I just enjoyed it so much. This is where my my simple mind comes in, where I'm like, I just enjoyed this movie. Like, I'm excited to talk about what I liked about it. So I don't know, Vince. Do you have any nitpicks?
2: Uh, I think just that ending. I think I'm with you. I think the ending kind of irked me wrong. Other than that, no. I also thought I it was... So.
1: Sorry. like I don't know I said I was done with nitpicks. And this isn't really <laughs> a nitpick. More like, I rolled my eyes really hard when after it's all over, he goes and he finds her again on the floor. And she's like, what do you want? So it's just like normal. And then it cuts to the credits and the song is... I want to know if you can love me again. I was just like, Oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> I didn't even yeah. know. I was like, Oh my gosh. It's like so, so cheesy and stuff. Right. Anyway, that's it. So tell
2: us some of the stuff you love Casey.
0: Dude. I, I love the idea of some sort of mechanized suit for people, right? Like we've kind of talked about this in other like films we've talked about, but like, think about it. Like, we've been introduced to the idea that getting some sort of exoskeleton is a good thing, right? Lobsters and crabs have it. And then in humanity, right? Like we've seen like advancements in sci-fi films for years. And then like, in the past like decade of really like since like I've really got interested in film and like looking at it more like Iron Man we see in the the first Iron Man right where they create the suits and they kind of and then in Iron Man 2 where the the competitor tries to create suits and is killing off people and they're not working out right and then in the Matrix right in the final the final is it Matrix 3 I think where he's actually like the final mm-hmm. stand down in Zion is like he's wearing one of these suits and so to me like the fact that like first off Tom Cruise's character just gets like, oh hey, you're a marketing guy? Psych, you're now under our control and we're going to make you go to war to test out these suits that you've been toting so much and trying to make people believe. That's freaking tight. Two, he gets in the suit, clumsy. Then he learns all these freaking moves. He just kind of gets so good and he's just like, oh yeah, I need all this extra tech inside of my suit, extra battery, yada, yada, yada. And it's just like I loved the suit aspect of it. Like That got me kind of excited for this whole film was having that extra strength and the extra ability to just fight like a machine, like just going for it. I don't know. Like I also that, liked that was it.
2: I also liked how the suits were also like very tailored to the different characters. Like uh, J Company, all of them have very specific personalities, like we we're talking about, and all of their suits are very like tailored to those personalities. Like again, I keep talking about. Um, Uh, I just forgot his name, but the guy who's in Game of Thrones, uh, it starts with a K, I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now, but his suit, uh, Mm -hmm. it wasn't Skinner, it was, um, oh, hang on, I got it. Kimmel, it's Kimmel, Kimmel. like Kimmel, Yeah, the ball's out guy. He goes in with nothing but a jock strap on and he's got a teddy bear duct tape to the front of his uh, his armor and it's more of this like bulky tank armor instead of opposed to like Tom Cruises who is more of a like light agile armor. And then you've got the guy who straps like a a mine to his chest and like everybody has like it's again like a video game, you know? You got the you got the guys who make the push out front, the big tank characters. And then you have like the sniper characters who are more agile. And then you have like the, the attackers that are kind of that mid range guy. I thought it was really cool detail that they played for each one of these characters to make their unique, make the characters unique, but also, you know, their suits, suits. unique to them.
1: I loved, just wanting to mention real quick one of my favorite scenes of the entire movie was the first time they fall from the plane. Cause they sort of did it as like the one shot and also making sure that the sound reflected like where the camera was for that scene. So, you know, when he would go by the camera really close, you would hear him yell really loud. And then when he mm-hmm. would go away and so they just did that sort of as the one shot falling from the sky to the ground. I thought that was a really cool, really cool shot. Definitely one of my favorites of the movie. Cause mm-hmm. you had all this destruction going around cause the mimics knew that they were coming and, and so like you had all of this stuff happening around them, but it was just a very cool shot. I, I'll probably need to check out one of those making of things to see if I can see how they did that shot. Cause it was very, very cool.
0: Mm-hmm. What did you think about Bill Paxton's part as like the commander? Like I was so psyched to see him. Like he was just like, that that opening monologue essentially where like Tom Cruise and Bill Paxton kind of interact, right? I loved that because it was just like, I haven't seen this guy in a movie in a while and he did so good.
2: Oh, I loved Bill Paxton in this. I love his character. Just this a-hole of a friggin' <laughs> drill sergeant, you know, who's just like, borderline crazy i think and some of the things that he says and just like his like respect for war and like you're you're about to be baptized by fire and he's got that awesome accent that kind of goes with it and are you an
1: american no i'm from kentucky (laughs) yeah (laughs)
0: yes
2: (laughs) like this is the type of movie he was made for um he's in terminator one he's in aliens he has that amazing line in Alien 2, you know, that's just like game over man, game over. He's just so such a unique unique actor and these are the types of movies he needs to be in. I've seen him in some other stuff and it's just like I don't like Twister for example. He's like the star in Twister and he's fine in it. He's great in it. Twister's an okay movie, but like he doesn't he doesn't fit. I don't know for me, he's just the again a sci-fi 80s hero and that's what this movie just it's a callback to sci fi 80s movies, you know, and he fits perfectly in it. My only complaint okay, maybe there's my nitpick. I wish we could have got more Bill Paxton in there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no more bones, saw, uh, more Bill Paxton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What did you guys think about the general guy, the guy who played the general, Professor Moody from Harry Potter? Oh, that's who that is. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't put that together. Yeah, that's like that's uh, General Hux's dad, actually. If you want to know, the guy who plays General Hux, that's his dad. In real life? Yeah.
2: Oh, I had no idea. That's
0: crazy. Huh. I don't know. He was yeah, good he's guy. okay. He did good. I did loved you, his like, character. Law? I I felt like he was like a rad, like almost like the the UK had become almost a military state at this point, like in there, and like this general was like commanding everything because like. Right, like, historically, like, for instance, William Churchill, or is that his name? William Churchill, right? Uh, from, like, World War II? The Churchill guy? Winston he, uh, Churchill. Winston Churchill, yeah. that's it, right there! Winston Churchill, He was. he wasn't, like, necessarily a military man. Like, he was in the military at one point, I think. But he was the prime minister. He was the one who stepped up and led, whereas this guy was, like, a general. And, like, it was, like, we didn't see any premier. We didn't see any prime minister. We just here's a military might and I'm taking control type thing. And -hmm. I thought that was pretty, pretty cool. Where it was like, kind of like, these are the times like we're a military state at this point is how it felt. And we're sending people over. It was almost like a D-Day, you know, reignited almost. It was, it was crazy.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I do also love um, Tom Cruise's character Cage's story arc in this going from this cowardly marketer who will do anything it takes not to be put on the front line, who will blackmail his superiors to, you know, keep him from doing that. And the only reason he joined the army was because his marketing business was failing. And he's just like, he's this like self-centered kind of a coward, I guess. I don't want to say coward because like I can understand how scary that would be to be put on the front line, you know. But like he goes from that person that will do anything to stay away from the battle to being this, selfless willing to sacrifice himself um looking out for the people around him soldier it was a really cool journey to kind of go along with him and going from someone who's just really really bad at what they do to someone who's like perfect you know I mean, I mean, he he has to. I mean, I guess in the final battle, he wasn't perfect, but like he had to repeat it over and over and over again until he could nail these things. You know, it just shows yeah. the change in him. It's it was a really fun arc for him to kind of watch.
0: I agree. I think that's what's kind of fun, and like I, I'm going back to this that you've already talked about, Vince. Like when you're playing a video game or like you're doing something, and you're, you have to get better at it, and it's just a practice, practice, practice until you actually are able to do it. And I loved that. I know that I maybe people didn't like that very much. I don't know. I haven't read very many other folks' reviews of it, but I like the idea that he just wasn't immediately good at it, and we don't necessarily know how long till he was good at what he needed to do. Cause you see like right at the beginning, he's trying to save like the guy who goes balls out. Um, he's trying to save him and he gets hit by the flying, the, the crashing helicopter after the drop. And like all these different things happen and he dies trying to be a good teammate essentially, and trying to figure out how to save everyone. But in the end kind of like, I love the, the final line where Emily Blunt's character just says, you know, only one of us or neither of us is getting out of this alive, essentially recognizing that there are times when, when we have to make a sacrifice and we have to, some people will unfortunately have to die. And it, it was like kind of interesting, like where he goes and like, there's the one part where they're in the, the farmhouse. Right. And she's got like something wrong with her and he's like trying to mend her up. He's like, Oh yeah, maybe we go back to the farmhouse and look for supplies there. And like, he's just trying to, to get out of the scenario and, he just kind of wants to break the routine, but he also knows that's what he must do. And I think he learns eventually that, okay, this can't work out the way I hope it to. So in the end, you yeah. see this sacrifice. I don't know.
2: No. Yeah. You're, my, you're completely. Liar. I love that.
1: One of my favorite parts of the movie was, um, it does it other times as well, but the, the farmhouse is specifically where it kind of shows it. It, it gives you a little bit of perspective of the movie from Emily Blunt's view where it's her first time running through things, even though it might be Tom Cruise is like a hundredth. Mm-hmm. And so like that time when they make it to the farmhouse and stuff, you really think like, Oh, they're finally getting this far and stuff like that. But then they show it and they did it. Like they get it there the first time, but then like somehow sneakily, they kind of like switch to like a different timeline unless it really has just been the first time. Yeah. Um, Unless it really was, like, the 100th time the whole time, sorry. And, like, you get the point of view of her because she thinks it's, like, the first time they've been there. And he's like, oh, we need to search for the keys and all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. But then you actually find, find out that because he's trying to protect her or do other things like that, that he's actually been there a hundred times and so i thought that that was super cool and something that kind of kept the movie fresh is because even though a lot of times he knew that he was redoing stuff it gave you a few times that quick little oh hey he's actually done this like a hundred more times than you than you think he has and he's just <laughs> playing with you and he knows all of this stuff that you don't so super crazy that is- um
2: speaking of the farmhouse According to IMDB, they say that's the same farmhouse used in Looper. So,
0: Easter egg, I guess. <laughs> so, Emily Blunt's been there before. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. What what a freaking rad film, though. I don't know. what Anything else you guys really like, moments of this film that you're kind of like, we got to talk about this. This is great.
2: Yeah, I just got to shout out the action sequences are really really well done um, and that's got to be something that's so hard to plan for again like I said with an unfinished script like to come up with these ideas or shoot this movie in a way that just it looks really cool and the aliens are very, are very unique you know and the way things move and the way it's shot and the way I don't know. It's just the action sequences are sequences are really cool. The helicopter falling through the the house um, was something that they specifically talked about in that documentary, saying that like the director of the action scenes was like, "I haven't seen that in a movie. Let's do that kind of a thing instead of like having the alien climb up and attack him in the air. Let's have the the helicopter fall through the building and cage have to run away from it, you know? And so it's just like, shout out to the people who have to plan out how a shot will look without actually having something in there. That's a, that's a skill on its own. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty cool.
0: I actually, this is something I haven't wanted to bring up though, was I haven't, it's not that I haven't wanted to, it's just, I haven't brought up yet is you brought this up. The aliens were so unique in this. Like they were like, metallic but flesh like they were like a hybrid of the two and so it's like they were kind of like they too were augmented by these suits almost i don't know i thought that that was super slick i I don't know the way
2: the way they move and stuff how they just kind of like roll around and
1: fast too and they're just (laughs) i wanted to know why you guys think they were called mimics
2: I just assumed that's what they're called in the manga. And so I just went with it because I couldn't <laughs> figure it out either. I thought that too.
1: Because it's not like, and I get that they have like a hive mind. And so I could see a lot of them doing the same thing, but it really oh. didn't appear that way. You know, the only time where you really saw a lot of them, like being symmetrical to each other was when they were coming down the river in London. Yeah. When Tom yeah, was I don't there, know. So. I don't know something to think about food for thought maybe if someone listening knows a little bit more about that hit us up and and let us know why the aliens were called mimics um maybe if you guys want to talk a little bit about the final the final fight scene in the final battle right where they go into the to the flooded crazy louvre in paris and And the stakes are higher now because since he got the transfusion, they went from having as many tries as possible to just one shot to make it all work, and and they do it somehow.
2: I'm glad that they did take away the power because, you know, like you said, there's no... You talked about there being no consequences at the end of the movie, and this this gave that scene... Taking away the power gave that final act some threat, I guess because throughout the whole thing the fun of the movie is just to see how he does this stuff over and over and over again even though cuz he can't die so it's just fun to see how he's like learning and then the final action sequence it's like okay now there's actually a little bit of a a threat here this this could be the the end that we could I do love how the alien tricked him into coming to that dam because it wanted its power back and it knew that someone was using it like that was a really cool idea that it, like used his visions and did the same thing to Rita to in, in Verdan, you know, to get the power back. Um, I thought that was a really cool idea how the monster like knew what to, or the alien knew what to do, knew not to kill him, knew it needed the blood. Um, and what a crappy way to die in that scene. Drowning? Ugh. Ugh. would be the worst.
0: That's not on my list of ways to die. <laughs> 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 like just being honest, like that, that seems like it sucks so bad. Um, I don't know. I that was a cool part about that. It was just like it had actually weight and value, and it was like, "Who are we going to get? Who's going to be willing to come with us?" You know, on this. And he's like, "Oh, we'll choose my team." And he like whoosh, 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 does all these moves because he knows them so well, and they're kind of like, "What the heck?" Like, but in the end, like they're repurposing like the the helicopter into like like a ground moving vehicle, ski. and yeah. <laughs> I loved that.
2: It was funny in the in the documentary. They're talking like they're talking about the third act while they're shooting the first couple acts, you know. And the director says, um, at one moment, just just put in the script that he'll be in some sort of vehicle, and then we'll figure it out when we get there. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: that's well, one shoot it as if I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll shoot it as if he's in some type of vehicle, and we'll figure out what kind of vehicle that is later. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> like what? <Uh-oh. laughs> Also, like are these these what do you call them? Drone-like helicopters a real thing or is this just what everyone hopes the future will look like? That's my question.
2: Yeah. I mean, I can it kind of reminded me of drones nowadays. You know what drones look like? Yeah. Like uh the DJI drones with the four different helicopter stuff. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's cool that really cool. I'm not going to lie. That's why I'm kind of like is that a real thing? Cuz that is super tight in my opinion. So mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: So I guess if I like had my some final thoughts on the movie is this movie is great. It would be elevated to excellent had they you know actually stuck with the real stakes that they created in the final <laughs> yeah. act. Because like I said, they yeah. took away their power to redo everything, making the stakes real. The stakes are real. People die, but they save the world. And then they're like, just kidding. He gets the power <laughs> back and comes back <laughs> to life. Duh. And it's like... <laughs> I don't know for me just like that would have pushed it to like a next level really really top like it's our i would say this is top tier action cool movie i would say that would just push it to almost like an elite level if mm-hmm. we really had those stakes at the end and just just a couple things overall i love this movie super excellent tom cruise emily blunt just freaking knocking it out of the park very cool a lot of original ideas but also a lot of stuff that felt very familiar which can be both a good and a bad thing so mm-hmm. yeah.
2: i just have to say uh doing this podcast i've realized how much of a sucker i am for over-the-top blockbuster action movies um i really am like i get more excited and i enjoy these movies so much and like i love the smaller indie films and stuff too but there's just something about a really fun over-the-top action movie uh and this is one of them and so if you're into those types of movies like it's fun it's a really good time to sit back and just turn your brain off and enjoy um you don't have to think about it too much it's got a lot of nostalgia nostalgic feels to it if you're my age you know early 30s and grew up on those old 80s action sci-fi movies um i would recommend it to the you know people who are into that i do just want to again mention i have a i just want to do a good guy tom cruise section it's kind of my same thing as like good guy keanu you know because tom cruise you know he's he seems like a cool genuine guy i hear crazy stories about him you know being kind of over the top personality but like i found these facts on imdb of stuff that he did for on this movie like for example one of the one of the things I said is that Tom Cruise said multiple times that he made this film for the audience and he makes his movies for the audience. You know, he, he wants to set an expectation on his movies So the audience is happy and he will go out of his way, do his own stunts, just like Keanu preps, you know, does all the physical work. He's 57 years old and he's still just like freaking ripped and just better shape than I'll ever be. Um, he, Same, there's though. another thing they did. Tom Cruise began, pre pre excuse me tom cruise began pre-production on the film july 20th of 2012 less than a week after wrapping his film oblivion so he just like turns stuff around and goes to the next one and then another great
0: film i just have to say that (laughs) another great tom cruise film (laughs)
2: And then the coolest thing that he did, um, it says that Tom Cruise spent over a hundred thousand dollars on a lavish rap party for the cast and crew, which he did not even attend himself as he was busy finishing his scenes for the movies. Like, how cool is that? You know, like
0: just good guy, good Tom.
2: guy Tom Cruise, and watching that making of, he just like sets this like elevated, just happy hard-working environment on set you know and just i don't know this is just all based of based off the little research or whatever or watching that i did on this specific movies i don't know about him as you know as a human being as a whole you don't really hear a lot about it like you do about keanu reeves just being a good guy to people but just like stories like that it's just like yeah keanu or uh, yeah tom cruise you're a movie star and you know you're a movie star but you know, thanks for giving back to the little guys and thanks for respecting the audience and keep doing what you're doing. I'm really excited for the next mission impossible movie that comes out, you know, like he's a movie star, he's a movie star and you don't have a lot
0: of those these days. Good guy, Tom, we're on for this. Here's a question though. I saw that they're making a second movie, like a follow-up movie. What do you guys? Yeah. There's a second one. That's going to be popping out here let me pull it up here just so well
2: let's just hope and pray it's a prequel and we get rita's story at verdan
0: that's kind of what i'm kind of hoping for um because i don't want a sequel to it i would have
2: liked it to end with them all dying like joss said. <laughs> <But> <laughs> i would love more rita and i would love more emily blunt
0: yeah they officially like the last time people have been talking about it is february and march of 2020 so um yeah i think it could be Pretty, pretty slick if it actually does happen. I would want it. So, I hope it would be a right. pretty cool.
1: <laughs> I was like, what the heck? So I'm looking at stuff right now. And so it, it hasn't happened, but they say there's a lot of the cast that's hoping for it. Emily Blunt mm-hmm. specifically. And they're calling it like, people don't know if it will actually happen or anything, but among the fans it has already gotten the the name, Live, Die, Repeat and Repeat. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll the see. Band if that comes around a prequel at Verdun would be freaking awesome.
0: It would be slick. Well, guys, like, thanks for like talking movies again today. Like I've genuinely missed this. Our, uh, yeah, our movie, too. our yeah. movie talking and nerding out is a blast. Now, um, folks, if you want to find edge of tomorrow, it's currently on sale on, on a number of places you can find that, but also, um, you might just have to rent it. It is a rad movie. And like Vin said, Good guy Tom is a action star, like he is a movie star, and you'll love this movie. No matter how crazy you think Tom Cruise might be, he does a really good job in this. Um, all right, so that's that wraps it. That's that's the edge of tomorrow. Live, die, repeat. Whatever Ooh. this is called, <laughs> but it was rad. So so now we're on to the next question. What's our next movie? Are we going to do the Dark Crystal? Dun dun
2: dun. You know. I'm good with whatever. You tell me
1: and I will watch it. Yes. Josh,
0: would you be down for the dark crystal?
1: We can do the dark crystal.
0: Is it streaming? Uh, woo! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um I have
2: it. I currently own it. Uh I'm sure I can get you a copy of it. Um, I don't know if it's streaming or not, but we can look into it.
0: We'll, um, it. we'll fit. We'll figure it out. Isn't it on Disney Plus?
2: You know, I'm I'm checking right now. Give me just a second.
1: I have no clue, honestly.
0: I realize I haven't used the Disney Plus app because I've been using the Fun- Funimation app so much that I have to re-download the Disney Plus app. So that no, shows it's... you how much time I've been watching <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. <laughs>
2: it's not. It doesn't look like it's up for streaming, so we'll have to figure out how to get um, a
0: copy of it to you guys.
1: We will well, make it work, though. It has we'll been a long time coming. <laughs>
0: I I really think that we just need to to go for it because I'm kind of like I watched like how many episodes were on that Netflix series. I watched like six episodes of it. I just still haven't finished it for some reason, but I wasn't bored or angry or sad about having watched it. So I'm excited. So be good. Yeah. Sweet. Okay, guys, well, any, anything else before we sign out for the day? No, just... No. thanks for getting us back together, man. That was fun. I agree. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in to another great episode here at the Pause, Wine Play podcast. This week we talked Edge of Tomorrow, Live, Die, Repeat, All You Need is Kill, whatever you want to call it, um, with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. Next week we're talking The Dark Crystal, a classic film that Vince has loved so much. So be ready for that, and also check us out on our social. I've, I've been taking a break, but we're gonna have some rad stuff coming up. Uh, so you guys enjoy, take care, and as always, we'll catch you next time on the Pause or Wine Play podcast.